You are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even. Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, banner 12 plus 6 here. Carson that was top rookie, I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Anything is Portable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined, as always, by Celtics beat reporter, the kid, the legend for the Athletic, Jay King, everyone, and the Celtics won Game 7, uh, and it no part of it was fun. As a fan, I just sat there for like three Not hours. Not even the Marcus Smart block. Okay, the Marcus Smart block at the end was uh, immediately a rush of endorphins. It was that part was fun, but everything else was just completely nerve wracking. I was shook all day today. I tried to listen to some pump up music like before the game, but it was just nervous. This was a scrappy, ugly, just rock fight of a game. It was a rock fight of a series. It was absolutely insane, but it actually came down to best player in the series. And uh, Jason Tatum was fantastic tonight. Marcus Smart had a um, huge block and was made huge plays the entire night. And the Celtics really won this game on the defensive end, just kept on turning the ball, uh, the Raptors over. But my God, that was stressful. (laughs) The Raptor, it was never going to be easy against the Raptors, man. Tucking them to bed is impossible salute to them they are tough as hell they are resilient as hell they are defensively versatile as hell and nick nurse was willing to throw out any type of defense and it it kept the celtics off guard they were never going to score a lot of points in this series points were probably tougher to come by than i even expected for them this series and they just had to grind it out against a team that lives to grind it out. So the the Celtics, I mean, they showed every bit of their toughness in this series. That block by Smart was just outrageous. Season on the line, a minute left. Things are going to shit for the Celtics. They were up 10. The lead had gotten cut to two. Norm Powell's on a fast break. It was sort of like the situation where he had an and one against Smart in game six. And Smart was like, nah, I'm a piece of this shit off the glass, bro. <laughs> and, game, and he did. Game saving block. I mean, but the Celtics could not score any points. In the last 326 of that uh, game, the Celtics scored three points. And that was on free throws alone, I'm pretty sure. Like, they could just not score points. The Raptors made it basically impossible to score, but that um, the smart block followed by um, 
ridiculous Kemba pass uh, to Grant Williams, who managed that was to a catch. scary, scary pass. That, that was, almost didn't get through. That was Kemba be, and he admitted it after the game that that was entirely lucky. That we had no business. That was basically, oh shit, I didn't, don't have a shot here. Let me just try to throw the ball on the ground. Grant uh, misses two free throws because he was a rookie and clearly shook. I was so ready to tweet out Grant Williams has not missed any free throws during the playoffs, but then he missed them both. But then Jason Tatum with a huge play, might have been a line violation. I don't care. Comes flying in from outside of the paint for that offensive rebound, which is just inexcusable if you're the Raptors. But that is um, wild. And then you got to give credit to Grant. Um, for his defense on Fred Van Vliet, um, your guy, your boy, Fred Van Vliet, on that final possession where is it was obvious that the Raptors wanted a three and Grant did his best to stay in front of him, deny the three. I think he might have gotten a block there, but I'm not sure. But also didn't foul. Um, just that was like the final minute was the only fun part of that game uh, because it was the only time where I thought the Celtics might actually win. <laughs> I mean, they were up 10 with four minutes, 51 seconds I left. did not feel safe at that moment. That <laughs> <laughs> was the Raptors. They're just stubborn, man. And and they kept coming. And Daniel Tice got in foul trouble. The Celtics were forced to use their backup bigs. Basically, most of the fourth quarter, almost all of the fourth quarter, they had their backup bigs in the game. And Ennis Cantor, obviously, they decided he couldn't play in this series. It was Robert Williams and Grant Williams down the stretch of a game seven. Who would have ever thought that would happen? And Grant Williams, like Siakam got a couple buckets on him. Siakam drew a foul, at least one foul on him. That wasn't uh, a foul at all. That was that was the best Grant Williams has ever done at keeping his hands up and like staying in front of a guy, and he got called for a foul on that one. But then that last play... And it goes back to literally what Grant Williams works on every single day with the Celtics coaching staff. All he does is work on positioning. All he does is work on angles. He's known since getting drafted that the way to make himself useful was to be a guy who could switch on any position. And the toughest position for him to guard is point guard. To do it on the last play of the game, to switch out on Van Vliet and contest him without fouling the way he did, that was. Just a really, really awesome play by Grant Williams. And it it was just a random way for that series to end (laughs) with Grant Williams, of all people, having being isolated against who at that point was the Raptors' best scorer with Kyle Lowry on the bench. Just just a, a really impressive defensive moment for Grant Williams. Even though those two those two free throws. Way imagine off, imagine if the Celtics had lost. <laughs> oh my. Imagine what Stuhl Greeny would have been like for the oh my next God. He's, six months. He would have been insufferable because the Celtics did miss 10 free throws tonight. Like if they make close to their normal percentage, this game shouldn't even be close. But it was uh just wild. I mean, the Raptors kind of ha- stayed in that game. They made all of their free throws. The Raptors just really didn't play well offensively another just gross shooting per, like performance from both teams where they're both around 40 percent uh, the rappers actually shot a better percentage than the celtics did um but i thought it was also hilarious just classic war on tice brad like is holding him out the whole fourth quarter just trying to get him go eight seconds what was it maybe nine seconds in to tice's uh stint in the fourth quarter and he immediately fouls out 
it was an interesting counter to the Raptors going small. It's something they tried to do again in the fourth quarter. It almost worked for them again, but they just couldn't get really anything going on offense. And um, I just like, it was a very impressive defensive performance from the Celtics. They got up big early. They let that lead go. Second quarter, they basically, Marcus Smart had a stretch where in the second quarter that basically just pulled the Celtics uh, back into the game. He had a steal, immediately uh, gives an alley-oop to Jason Tatum. Um, then he takes a charge. Then he does a nice play uh, off the glass. He basically, uh, the Celtics went on a 17 to, I think, six run there to end the second quarter. And a lot of that was just Marcus Smart uh, just changing the energy of the game on defense. The man impacts winning, and he did so not just with that huge block in the fourth, but he was doing it throughout the entire game. I think he finished with something like six steals, which is absolutely insane. Marcus Three Smart steals. Had, I don't, it felt like six, though. Marcus Smart had such a great series from all the threes he hit to win game two to all the threes he hit throughout the series. And just his, his development as a playmaker and as a shooter was so crucial because Gordon Hayward's out. Kemba Walker is getting a box and one plate on him, which meant all the other guys had to make plays. The Raptors were selling out to stop Tatum, too. And Smart was a third playmaker. And Smart was solid in that role, even spectacular at times, all series long, on top of all the defending that he did against Lowry, against Siakam, against Van Vliet. That that series from him, capped by that block, that is easily the best playoff series we've ever seen from Marcus Smart. Oh, the, pe- the people are giving <laughs> me compliments today. I'm actually down... Dom, Dom just said, Domo Arigato just said, Jay, you down 20 pounds. I'm down 27, baby. Sheesh. Since quarantine started. Shouts I didn't to know the you, kid. I didn't know you were that big, but damn. I mean. Oh, I was fat as dogs. <laughs> I didn't know dogs are fat, but uh, congrats to you. Congrats to Marcus Smart. You talked about, it's funny, like you talk about his development as a shooter, but he still had a classic Marcus Smart game, two of 10 from uh, three tonight. Uh, but still had some huge baskets. The and one um, reverse layup uh, was a huge thing for momentum. It felt like every time uh, the Celtics needed a big play, they either went to Marcus Smart or Jason Tatum. I gave Jason Tatum, I gave him a lot of blame for the Celt- the way he played in game six. And I forget who said this after the game. It might have been Kemba. It might have been uh, Brad Stevens. But he just seemed like he was in like way more control of the game tonight when the Celtics like were really struggling to score, it felt like he could get to the line. Uh, he had number of rebounds. His playmaking was still there, even when he was doubled. He just played like the best player uh, in the series, and it's a huge reason why the Celtics uh, emerged with the victory tonight. He just felt like he took way more control of the game than he had in Game Six. Yeah, and I thought the best, this like the best example of that was when he gets Van Vliet in the post it, during the fourth quarter. And that is a situation where Tatum has launched fadeaway jumpers so many times in his career. And that he is- struggled with that matchup the whole series. Like Van Vliet's kind of Marcus Smart, tough in the post. You would expect Tatum to be able to dominate that, but it was a tough matchup for him. But no, not that time. He turns to the cup, draws a foul. He had a couple instances early in the game where he tried to draw fouls too hard and just launched some BS, including one on a runner that actually went in. Uh, but I thought just the the maturation that he showed, even from game six, when, like you said, he, he had a bunch of turnovers. Game seven, he did a lot of the 
playmaking, a lot of the facilitating that he did in game six, but he did it without making as many mistakes. And just his maturity in a lot of ways as, as someone who doesn't have to be hot anymore to score. I think that's that's the biggest step for him beyond the the additional passing is that he doesn't have to be making jump shots anymore for him to be a scorer. And he, he's going to get to the line a little bit. He's going to get by guys for buckets. He's going to create for other players. And as a well-rounded offensive option, he has just developed so much over the course of the season. And he didn't even really have an efficient night tonight. Nine of 23 uh, from the floor, but four of eight from deep. Um, just we been saying all along that the Celtics are going to win. And 10 free throw attempts, which is huge. Which is very huge, but his three-pointers were big. And it helps that the Raptors decided to give all of their attention to Kemba Walker. They actually kind of backed away from the box and one tonight. Kemba Walker, uh, he did finish with 14 points. Um, he was able to get to the line, but he, like, other than that three, uh, and you're just, just giving yourself props again for looking slim, Jawline looking nice. I don't know who they're talking about, me or you. I mean, I got a great jawline. I shaved recently. But uh, Kemba Walker looked pretty iffy there. Um, Other than the three to open the fourth quarter, it looked like he had never played in a big basketball game. And I say that knowing he's won a national championship in college. Yeah, I mean, things were going to be tough for Kemba. The Raptors decided they were not going to let him beat them. It was Nick Nurse junks it up as much as anybody they have super smart defenders that can handle all the strategies that he uses and the amount of attention on Kemba with the box and one was outrageous and they didn't stay in the box and one the whole game but like even just not being able to get touches not being able to get points not being able to see the ball go through the hoop that takes a toll on your rhythm that takes a toll on everything. And like Kemba said, when he hit the three on the fourth in the fourth quarter to start it off, he just felt a sense of relief because I, I thought the first, even though he, he did almost nothing production wise in the first half, I thought he was pretty good. I, I thought he facilitated a lot. And the Celtics missed some wide open corner threes, especially early on. But I, I thought they got really good looks when he was on the court against the box and one. The third quarter, he struggled with his shot after they got out of the box and won, and then to hit to hit that three at the beginning of the fourth, he said it was just a huge sense of relief for him. It, it's It's been fun to watch him advance in the playoffs because he doesn't take this for granted at all. Like every step of the way since the first round was over, this is all new territory for Kemba Walker, and, and he's he cherishes it. He, one of his best friends told me he just he's a guy who loves to cherish the moment and kind of sits back and and like reflects in real time on what he's experiencing and he sat down for his press conference and just said man oh man just just a happy 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 motherfucker talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like i lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like i had a long day at work or sorry honey I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, 
You can get a free online evaluation and an ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash Celtics and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash Celtics today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash Celtics. Getroman.com slash Celtics. And just talking about like how much, um, hell yeah, uh, but talking about how much uh, like Marcus Smart meets to him, how much like Jason Tatum's a superstar, the amount of credit he gives his teammates is pretty impressive. The thing I thought was good about Kemba Walker's game, even though um, a lot of his, his three-pointers just were not falling other than the one we mentioned, he got into the mid-range and like that is his game um, and like was able to at least be more productive than the five points that he had in game six. Like he was going to make an impact and that is like kind of what he does in just attacking Marcus Saul when they had a chance. Marcus Saul, uh, can we transition to the, uh, uh, okay. First, before we slander some members of the Raptors, I'm going to do uh respect to uh, the members of the Raptors who are uh, very good basketball players. Kyle Lowry. God damn. That guy is good. Like he is just, uh, an amazing basketball player. He just does everything correctly. He's uh, controls the offense, controls the defense. I never want to see the Celtics play him again in a playoff series. He is a fantastic basketball player, a fantastic grifter. It was kind of fun to see him foul out and get pissed off when Marcus Smart uh, kind of drew a foul on him late in the game. I think that was his fifth. But my God, he's uh, he's quite good. And just so annoying to play against. It almost feels like it's more annoying because you respect him. Like it's like that's what makes it worse is because like, God damn it, he's good. Yeah, exactly. And it's like some of the charges he takes. He almost baits guys into going like dribbling at him. Like he'll he'll kind of like lay in the cut a little bit and then just jump out and get stationary and take a charge. The The level of IQ on that guy, the level of fight, the level of competitiveness is just off the charts he's one of the best competitors in the nba and uh i mean as as jason tatum said he just just tipped his cap to the raptors they were a worthy champion even without Kawhi, they came back and they were hell to for the celtics to push out of the playoffs all right i have to also give credit to your boy uh this is going to be a shocker a guy from wichita state Fred Van Vliet. Was that an intentional pun? Yeah, that was a callback to like an episode of I think a week and a half ago when you made the same terrible joke. Um, He also was a baller. Finished around the rim way better than I anticipated. Just I had some impressive plays just taking it to Robert Williams, like off the dribble. Like attacking Robert Williams at the rim is not something I would ever advise anyone to do, but he managed to do it with some angles. He was just a a gritty player, and his ability to knock down threes was impressive. Um, And so – I'm not going to slander him on this year podcast just because I thought he was quite good. Are you going to praise Nick Nurse now? I think you are. 
I was not prepared to do so. Uh, I've praised Nick Nurse in the past. I still think he is the whiniest coach in the league and looks like Chris Farley heading to a van down by the river um, and looks like he is a stepdad and is just very disappointed in you and was definitely on the court in game six. And he's a good coach, though. Like, the, like you can't like experience that series where it felt like the Celtics played. I think the Celtics were the better team in at least five of those games, maybe uh, six of those games in the series. Uh, and the Raptors still won. Like you have to give some credit to Nick Nurse. I respect Nick Nurse for his coaching ability. I don't respect him for his on-court demeanor uh, or his haircut or his terrible glasses. But now that we've transitioned into the slander portion of the uh, podcast, which way would you like me to go first? Is it uh, uh, Pascal Siakam or let's get just Marcus all out of the way. How the hell are you a minus 20 and a half when your team is only down four? He was absolutely dog shit in this game and he was terrible the entire series. I'm actually going to go back. Take everything back I said about Nick Nurse because he should have figured that out in game one that Marcus Saul was bad. And it took him until basically game six to figure out that going small was something that was like effective. Marcus Saul is past his prime. Shouts to him being for a former defensive player of the year, but he is old and he has clearly lost it. And it's like, I don't understand why he's still got 20 minutes in this game. He was awful, awful for his entire time on the court today. Live sports are back it's very possible that we may see an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure your Nuggets are as safe as possible when that matchup happens. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I know Packard likes to keep his balls tight and clean. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man like him. Because of their their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, which are so damn comfortable, and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant. Nobody likes it better than when you smell beautiful down there. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. It was not a great series for Marcus All. It it just wasn't. His offense was just It's not non-existent. There. He doesn't even pass from the post anymore. He just looks scared every time he gets the basketball. It was, yeah. And he's, he's been one of my favorite players to watch for a long time. Because he's so smart. That's the thing about the old days. They the old days. We're talking about today. <laughs> today, to, as I said, today, today was not good for Marcus Hall. Now I think we've gotten to the Pascal Siakam. You know who it was worse for? It was worse for Pascal Siakam. Five turnovers, only thirteen points. Uh, five of twelve. Really could not do anything this entire series. Basically, the Toronto media 
after the game, I saw some clip is like, Pascal, what's how's it feel to be like solely responsible for the the losing this series? And he I get gotta give him credit. He took responsibility for it, but man, he did not look good at any point in this series. He had actually some decent buckets in this game, but it just seems like he has to do something other than a hard spin move. Like maybe any other attempt to do anything else. Uh, he had like a good month and a half this season. He uh, was very good in October and very good in November. And people were like, man, Pascal Siakam, the next best thing. I'm pretty sure I said it at some point that he was better than Jason Tatum. And I just feel bad about myself forever for thinking that opinion. He's just not there yet. He, he, I'm, but the fact he's also like 26, 27. He's like not anywhere in Jason Tatum's league and, or in terms of development, he's just not good. No, okay, I, I can't say that with a straight face. He's a very good basketball player. But we put him in the top tier at the start of the series. We were ranking players. If we go back and ranking players in the series, he is not a top five player in the series. No, we, we put him in the second tier. Tatum was alone in the top tier. That's true. That's He true. was second tier. And we added Jalen to the second tier because we decided that he was on Siakam's level. I don't think Jaylen that's outplayed true Siakam. Jalen outplayed Siakam. I think for Siakam, number one, his shooting was just an issue. He didn't shoot like any time. But that was the thing. If you're the Celtics and he was like facing up, actually, like anytime he got the ball and that was the Raptors offense, that's a win for the Celtics. But his shooting was non-existent in except for the game where the Raptors hit a billion threes. Yeah, he, he was... The shooting was a major. The Celtics took advantage of the the shooting, lack of shooting, the whole series, and then it was a really tough matchup for him. The Celtics were able to single cover him. They they tried a ton of post ups, which didn't really work well. And they were mostly posting up Boston's best defenders, and it's it's going to be really tough for anybody outside of like the the very top guys in the league to score on post ups consistently against Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. When you when you have those like it's just really tough and he he never got it going. It's it's harder when you have no post moves to consistently try to do post ups. Like that makes it a little bit more difficult. It's you aren't lying. I I don't lie on this podcast. I, I tell the truth. I mean I he clearly had a bad series. I don't really have any Raptors players left to slander. Norm Powell actually impressed me. I think he should have gotten more minutes earlier in the series. Uh, he had some big plays, uh, big answered threes. I, the only thing I can kind of discredit Norm Powell for is that um, his his pencil-thin mustache looks like he's a jazz player in the 1930s and 40s. And I don't even know if that's slander. It's just an observation well, I have. I- I feel like if I could look like a jazz player from the 1930s or 40s, then that would be a hell of a look. I think it, you. I think you can, Jay King. I think you've slimmed down 27 pounds. I think you. you your face is now. You have this rugged jawline. You add a little pencil thin mustache to it. I think you're really uh, on the ones and twos and just doing some uh, some impressive things with a trumpet. Can you play a trumpet, Jay King? Are you musically inclined? I'd be shocked if you could play an instrument. I played the trumpet for a week in like fourth grade. <laughs> And then I quit because I was so fucking bad at it. That, that's uh, and you just kept uh, getting buckets. You know, you're you're one. You focus on one thing. All right, it feels like we've got to the portion of the show. Everyone's talking about the new best segment in all of podcasting. It's 
the potable six pack. It's <laughs> well, where <laughs> double fisted for the, the potable six pack. I mean, we should be drinking six beers for the potable six pack, but this is where Jay and I, we do snake draft to pick our six favorite things, moments, people, anything that happened uh, in the game. Jay, I am not prepared. And so I'm going to kick it to you for the first pick. What was your favorite thing? Uh, first pick in the potable six pack. Marcus Martz block has, has to, to be. be the first pick. There is no other possibility in this draft. The season was on the line and Powell had a step on him. And Marcus Smart still blocked his shot off the glass. He is an outrageous defender. He is deserving of first team all defense. And that was the most important play of his career. It was almost like, I mean, not, not quite like LeBron's chase down block in the 2016 finals because LeBron made up like 30 feet, but it was similarly positioned in the game with such, such an important possession and smart just swatted it away. I'm going to follow that up with my first uh, for my first pick with uh, Marcus Smart being petty as hell immediately after the game, uh, tweeting out the king of the north, the king of the north, the king of the north, and then retweeting after the Celtic or the Raptors won game six. The NBA tweeted out a bunch uh we the north, we the north, and he retweeted that. He was clearly not pleased with that. He had these pictures saved on his camera roll, um, but just for that to be his immediately first post after the game uh, was fantastic in my book. Uh, second pick for the potable six pack. I don't know. I I'm. I guess it has to be Jason Tatum with the offensive rebound, but it's like that was. It was just a huge play, but it wasn't my favorite play. I don't know. Is that uh, – I guess I'm going to have to go with that because I don't have much else. Yeah. I mean, you went with importance rather than style points, which is a fair fair thing to do in a game seven. Although I went with style points first when I talked about Marcus Smart being petty, and then for my second pick, I went with importance. Um yeah, I think that – it was just like a huge – like Grant misses those free throws. That was a huge uh, – offensive rebound like the the Raptors would have like we saw in the next possession where they basically had to go for a three that's what uh Fred Van Vliet like was going against Grant Williams if he doesn't get that they're basically down to their options are so much more uh and so that was just a huge play I think it has to be uh the second pick yep it's true um so now I got two picks what am I going with uh Robert Williams' sideburns. <laughs> That's a great pick. That's a I, wild card. I feel like nobody has spoken about Robert Williams' sideburns. No the one guy, has. The guy has <laughs> sideburns like down to here, <laughs> and nobody has spoken about them. It is – and it, considering it's weird Celtics Twitter, you'd think the whole world would be ablaze about Robert Williams' old-school sideburns. But no. They've been overlooked too long, and finally, Robert Williams' sideburns get their due. Hand up. That's on me. I mean, I, I haven't said anything. I'm like the fan. I'm the weird Celtics Twitter guy, but you're right. That's an excellent pick, J. King. I think you, no matter what I pick, 
with the next pick, I think you just won the potable six pack because that came out of left field. Oh my, like, uh, well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a historic moment in the potable six pack history. Uh, my second choice is Kemba's and one over Pascal Siakam and the ensuing celebration. That was a moment for Kemba. It was, he was first frustrated after the first three quarters. He was frustrated after what happened in game six. And he was so ecstatic to be on the verge of the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time. That was just a moment, just a moment. It kind of reminded me of Isaiah Thomas's and one over Markeith Morris in the Celtics Wizards series that was just incredible. I don't know why it reminded me of that, but maybe just little guy over taller guy and little guy goes crazy afterward. I thought the reaction from Kemba showed just how much the series, being on this team, having a real chance in the playoffs means to him. And uh, even though he had a rough game at times, that that was a moment. I think yeah, I absolutely agree. That was a huge moment, a huge foul. I actually like something we didn't bring up um, when we were actually talking about analysis of the game. But the Celtics got the Raptors, uh, or the Celtics were in the bonus for basically the final six minutes of that uh, fourth quarter, which I thought was huge. I mean, that was a shooting foul, but it's still um, the foul on Tatum caused free throws. I just thought that was big, and so the Celtics did a very good job of getting to the free throw line. Um, I can't believe I uh, missed this, but I'm glad uh, S. Diggs, SEC. My last pick's got to be Sam Sheehan just fully committing to the bit. He's been talking a while about putting on the Joker makeup because he felt like a clown for rooting for putting, like having sports, I guess, care this much. Um, But he fully committed to the bit and wore Joker makeup for the entire game. Not just for the pregame tweet, but he did updates throughout the game in full makeup. That is, I just like, that's the essence of posting. And just like the fact that you retweeted it and showed it to your, like what, almost 50,000 followers just made me chuckle. You had Zach Harper weighing in about like, what's going on here? Um, It's just like a deep lens into just, uh, fantastic posting and just like one of the best Celtics fans out there. So if any guys didn't see it, it's on Jay's timeline. It's on my timeline, but man, that's a good commitment to the bit. That that was just the type of resilience that the Celtics needed to finish off the Raptors. Really. When you, when you think about it, all they did was follow Sam Sheehan's lead. They're... It's going to be tough. It's not going to be fun, but you have to grind it out and you have to commit to your craft. And that's what the Celtics did. And that's what Sammy Shee did. If you're Marcus Smart, how can you not raise your level of competitiveness when someone's out there <laughs> painting their face like Joker? I'm just picturing Marcus Smart pregame, someone showing him that video and just what the Celtics' reaction would be to uh, Sam Sheehan coming out in full Joker in a Ray Allen jersey. In a Ray Allen jersey that actually I watched whatever the Jason Tatum draft was with Sam Sheehan live in person he had taped over Ray Allen and wrote Malik Monk's name on the back because that's who he wanted the Celtics to draft. He was furious with the Jason Tatum pick. 
Sammy She, I'm sorry Whoops. for you. Why you got to bring that up? You, you were praising the guy, and you just bring up his lowest moment on draft Twitter. We got, I, I, we got, we got to get to to Millie's. My man, Millie's. Shout out to Millie's. The Millie the Blanco, the Bob's finest. The goat. Um, he asked, "How do we match up with Miami?" I think That's a good question. I actually think the Celtics have a lot of good matchups against Miami. I think Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are going to have a tough time guarding anybody on the Celtics, even though Miami was fantastic while beating the Bucks, I think this is going to be an even tougher series for the Heat. I think the Celtics, after that series against the Raptors, will be like, whoa, we can score points again. This is fun. And, uh... I've got Celtics in six. Oh, wow. The early prediction from Jay King. Yeah, I think it's going to be the the additions of Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala, actually less so Iguodala. I think Jay Crowder is a very solid player and just allows them to have some shooting and some kind of toughness on defense. But yeah, it's going to be, I'm just thinking back to the Miami game in Miami that we were both at, and it felt like the Celtics really punished Hero and Robinson anytime they stepped on the floor the I expect Miami to throw a lot of zone at the Celtics and it's going to be it's actually pretty good that they had all this experience playing against a zone uh, against the Raptors. Uh, but the other huge development that we have not talked about yet on the court uh, bef- uh, before this game, Gordon Hayward getting shots up. It's unclear if he's going to be ready for game one, but he's likely going to. Uh, come back for this ra- um, heat series. And so I think that just gives the, um Celtics so much more of an edge like he's the guy who you want kind of in the middle of the zone making decisions I just think they're going to be so much better uh prepared and just their depth is not going to be an issue um when they're playing against the heat I think I would also take the Celtics in the series I'm gonna I think it's gonna be a tough they're the heat are also a tough team they're not going to give you any easy games um they're the best condition team in the league like they have heat culture just as like there's raptors culture um but i would expect the the i don't know do you think jimmy butler at this point is better player than jason tatum or do you think their celtics still have the best player jason in the series? tatum's the best player in the series he's he's better than jimmy butler much better shot maker this the the jimmy butler versus marcus smart part two could be great Remember, it's absolutely going to be great. Not about that life. Oh, yeah. There's a little bad blood there to begin with. So I am looking forward to Marcus Smart versus Jimmy Butler part two. Give that to me. Give me Celtics Heat. It should be another fun series. The Heat have been playing great. The Heat have a ton of shooting. The Heat have Adebayo. Bam, who's just like killer for the Celtics. The Celtics, like major advantage is their kind of ability to play fast and small. And we saw that one seeding game when they were without Jimmy Butler, like the heat really took away um, from a lot of what the Celtics can do. But I think we can talk a lot more and we will talk a lot more with a full preview of the heat series uh, coming, um, coming up later in the week. I think we got to take a day off on Saturday, but we'll record on Sunday. The podcast will be out Monday. Jay's just putting up compliments of himself um, and so I, think I, I got to say, all the commenters tonight in the gassing live podcast, you up. Gassing they're really you up. they're really liking the way I look. This watch the games. B one says Jay looks twenty times better with shorter hair, no cap. 
My man Don Don Fanucci thirty three said, "Nice cut, Jay. Shout out your barber." My man barbershop at Assembly Row, Dominic. I I moved I moved away from Somerville, but I still go there because Dominic gives me a nice fade. I'm not gonna lie, man gives me a good fade. I mean, I got I got a haircut today too, but I got hat hair, so no one's giving me compliments. But before we go, um, I just want to give some potable six pack uh <laughs> that's a great comment joey angus says if the celtics lost you'd be way uglier it's it's true i gotta it's be honest I, I wasn't really mentally prepared to come on this podcast if the celtics lost like i had some dark thoughts earlier in the day like oh the, if the season's over my i don't know like my personality's gone uh i don't know what i would do in my days i might take up yoga like i i was not really prepared for celtics loss um, but you know what? That's, that's pretty dark. Uh, well, well, we won't get into that, but the last thing I want to get into as kind of a six pack honorable mention is just, um, there are some funny post game quotes, uh, after the game, especially Brad, um, who uh, I didn't mention this before, but I want to mention Brad took some great timeouts today. Brad got shit all season for waiting, like letting the players take too long. He was not playing around. Got to give him credit for, uh, uh, just immediate timeouts. He's the Kaizen master. He he, he works is. on his he works on his weaknesses. Also, Phil Jackson, the Zen master, was well known for not taking timeouts during the regular season, letting his guys play through it, and then actually calling timeouts at critical junctures of the playoffs. So, Zen master, Kaizen master, only nine titles separating them. <laughs> you know, it's like it just. Uh, you get Shaq on this team, prime Shaq, and you know, or prime Jordan, and uh, might uh, happen. Stop putting your compliments. This is what happens when you put up a story on Twitter and people re- uh, retweet it. You were the king of retweeting compliments there, and now you're just going crazy in the chat. Um, well, now you're putting up other uh, quotes. But uh, Brad, after the game, just calling out the cameras in the locker room, saying, I hate the cameras in the locker room, refusing to mention that, like, Tommy Heinsohn and Bob Cousy called in. Um, I thought another quote that was funny was Brad just saying Kemba is everything that is good about basketball. Um, That was just uh, good. But the best quote after the game, I think, had to come from Jalen Brown, who said uh, he talked to Jason Tatum last night and told him it was an honor to play with him, to learn from him and to grow with him. And it's a great time to grow. And Jay, I want to say it's an honor to podcast with you and learn from you. And it's a great time to grow, even though. Swaggy's in here, Mr. Pure Intensity, giving you compliments. Even though you think you look amazing right now. Uh, I don't think I look amazing. The people think I look amazing. Even though the people think that, it's just an honor to uh, podcast with you, learn from you, and grow with you. And it's a great time to grow. Uh, it's a great time for growth. This is, I would love to say it's an honor to podcast with you. <laughs> but most of the time, I'm just ashamed that you're my co-host. So... Why you gotta end I'm up? Kidding, I'm kidding. Hey, let, let's be real here. This is a glorious podcast. This is by far the greatest Celtics podcast. This is great because we enjoy each other's company, and so I am. I am honored to jam. I am honored, and one of the commenters said it. Your eyes look great tonight. My eyes look great tonight. It's uh one of my. I'm. I'm not. A, I'm not uncomfortable with the compliments. I'll take all the compliments. Um, but you're right. This is a great Celtics podcast and we very thankful to all the people in the comments, giving us compliments for how great we look and just commenting on the game. 
um, for tuning in after all of these live Celtics uh, post game shows. For listening, uh, our listening uh, listens have been going up. Our downloads have been going up, um, and so we very much appreciate that. We're here for another series at least, and we'll be here after every single game. We'll be here every single day in between games. We're here giving you that great Celtics content, great analysis. We'll give you full, at least two full preview podcasts before the Celtics take on the heat on Tuesday. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining into the, this Periscope. And if you uh, like us, please give us five-star ratings wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for listening to this episode of <laughs> you're the worst you're the worst i do the dancing every time because it upsets you <laughs> it's horrible